I found out about this yesterday. It's in the works. I was listening to Oakley and the, the uh, topics worthy of discussion, the panel talking about this. It's a program that aims to enhance news literacy among grade fours to twelves. And it is in the work to teach kids how to detect fake news. To talk about this, we have uh, reached Mark Busser, who teaches a course on uh, fake news and conspiracy theories at McMaster University. He joins us on the line right now. Mark, what's a telltale sign that something is fake news? Um, Well, one of the telltale signs you can look for most easily is if you look at the address, you can sometimes see that fake news sites will use .com, .co, and that's because they're trying to clone or mimic a real existing news site uh, to trick users into reposting on social media or or, uh, otherwise kind of tricking the viewer uh, or the reader. So they also use .lo as a a sort of uh, addition to the site. You could see how that could work because most people don't look at that URL. Exactly. And so it's increasingly common on social media where links will often hide the whole link altogether right. and just see the headline and see familiar images or pictures. Okay, so are we lost? Like, how do we spot it? Well, you can also, once you get to a site, if you're having second thoughts, if something sounds, uh, sounds or seems a bit suspicious, you can uh, maybe read the whole thing. For example, sometimes satirical sites that are fake news will uh, put in jokes. Uh, there's a couple of hilarious examples. That we, if you dig deeper, you have you know, animals talking or things like that. You can also, though, look around the site to see if there are other stories. Some of the most prominent uh, fake news stories of last year were actually on sites where they were the single story. And if you clicked on the homepage, there was almost nothing there. Um, and so you can, there's a, a number of more advanced habits if you're interested. You can, using uh, Google's uh, reverse image search or other sites' reverse image search, you can actually take images and plug them into a search engine to find out, is this image really an image of what the news site is saying? Because sometimes it'll turn out that they're five years old from a completely different continent. I'm starting to understand why fake news is so prevalent. And the one thing that I'm thinking when you're telling me all these things about how to spot fake news is that it could be so prevalent because we're basically lazy. I mean, who has that much time to do what you're talking about and and that uh, really desires to go through all those, uh, you know, different uh, strategies to find out if what they're reading is fake. I mean, most of us just click read and go. Exactly. And that's one of the things I find most interesting because I do think it's valuable to teach individuals how to spot fake news. And I think it's great if we develop the skills to be able to tell what to do on a site, maybe where to click and research after or doing our own uh, backup homework and how to develop good habits. But at the same time, I'm not so sure that individuals should be the ones who have to solve this problem on their own. And so maybe it's worth thinking about Uh, what trends in media reporting and journalism uh, are doing and where they're going and uh, what bigger pictures, uh, bigger picture problems this might be speaking to. We're going to get to those bigger picture problems in a second, but I really want to ask you first, why is it so important to start teaching kids like they are with this course, you know, in grade four on how to identify fake news? Right. Well, I think as someone who teaches at a university and tries to deal with um, these sort of habits and, and good skills at university, what we really notice is that you can't solve this problem in a semester. Right, you can't uh, deal with one class. You know, this semester we're going to look at fake news and then graduate and move on and don't do it again. What we've got to do, sort of as an education team from you know, um, from cradle to the grave almost, is develop lifelong learning habits. That way, people will be uh, able to kind of be out in the in the real world after all their education, still sharpening the saw and being smart and critical with what they're reading as new technologies emerge in ten or twenty years. Are you surprised by how media illiterate people are, young no, and old? No. Not really, especially if uh, if I, I mean, I'm sympathetic, I guess. Um, I can only imagine how confusing it is for people who haven't grown up in the old media generation uh, to be familiar with 
what news used to be like, to be sort of overwhelmed with the number, the sheer number and magnitude of all these different sites and sources you could possibly be dealing yeah, with. Yeah, it was one or two papers. Right, before. and you could know who had a good reputation. Right. And really there weren't, uh, it was not profitable enough to publish nonsense news. Um, you, you have to afford the ink and papers and distribute it. And so you had more reliable sources, and the, and the failing ones would quickly fail out of the market. There's this new poll that was released today. 43% of Canadians believe scientific findings are a matter of opinion. And uh, if you go a little deeper into the poll, uh, 19% said they thought there was a link between vaccinations and autism. That link, it's been debunked. It's probably the biggest fake news story. Uh, what is it about fake news that connects with people so much, like the vaccination link to autism, which I have to say for people listening is fake? Right, exactly. And that's one of the most kind of frustrating um uh, topics, uh, along with some other topics, global warming, for example, climate change, um, that where the science is, there's a consensus around it. And so for, for natural scientists who study this stuff and for health scientists, it's completely you know, flabbergasting that, that uh, the public uh, is so um, out of whack with where the, the evidence is. But I got to say, as a social scientist, uh, I'm maybe still disappointed, but a little less surprised, given how we seem to want to understand big, complicated things in simple ways, right? We want to understand that there are bad guys, that there are um, that there's a meaning behind things, and so oftentimes um, people kind of reduce really complicated, nuanced stories to really simplistic understandings. And the same uh, problem appears sometimes in reporting, right? Where um, because of uh, deadline crunches, people sometimes report new scientific findings as if it's a, this one study determines uh, our new thinking about everything. There's a complete revolution in science based on one study. Mm-hmm. So there's a sort of a tricky uh, scientific literacy that we have to add on top of the news literacy and figure out a way for journalists and citizens and scientists to sort of have a conversation that's healthier and develops these longer-term skills about looking at evidence in the long run rather than expecting one article or one study. But Mark, I can hear hear almost what people are thinking is... That's that's the challenge, right? Exactly, and that's where I think one of the one of the challenges for some of the new initiatives that are trying to teach how to tell fake news from real news and how to tell pseudoscience from science will be how to deliver it in ways that's kind of uh, active, that's interesting and fun, while also pointing out how influential and how high stakes these topics can be. Right. People who look at, you know, look to alternative news sources often say that they don't trust the mainstream media. Of course. So does the mainstream media have any responsibility for that growing distrust of their content? Well, I think they do, for sure. And I think it's important that we stay skeptical of the mainstream media, right? We, We have to look at motives. We have to look at corporate structures, who owns media. All those questions are good questions, and I don't want to push them away. One of the challenges, though, is that we seem to be caught in this swing where some people, uh, many people, swing between gullibility, where they have their chosen sources and they believe everything, and complete cynicism, on the other hand, where they think any, any newspaper that's owned by you know, an owner is out to make profit and therefore can't be trusted at all. And I think the safe space is in the middle, where we're skeptical and asking questions without um, kind of putting all our eggs in one basket or painting with a broad brush. Thanks so much, Mark. Nice talking to you. Thanks for having me on.